Welcome back. It's season nine, episode nine of For Buck's Sake, the podcast that captures the imagination of Melbourne Victory fans the world over. Well, mostly in Melbourne. I'm joined tonight by Clarkie, and it's just the two of us, and we're going to discuss this trend that's emerging emerging of us being uh, draw specialists. Clarkie, how are you, my friend? Dave, I'm very well, thank you. I feel like we've been here before and I feel like we're going to cover some of the same territory that we have over the last couple of weeks. Um, much like the 10th highest grossing film of 1993, the VUC are in Groundhog Day. So we are repeating time and time again the same thing and it doesn't seem like we're ever going to get out of this rut, does it? Yeah, I've had a bit of time to think about this, Clarkie, and truth be told, I actually think that there's a little bit of a difference to some of the stagnation that we've seen in recent seasons. But we'll pick all that up when we get to the game that happened last Sunday against the Central Coast Mariners. But if you've never listened to us before, we're a fan-fueled podcast. Uh, we're ap- proud to have been doing this uh, alongside our day jobs for nine seasons now. And we couldn't do it without Patreons. And We've had Vivek Nayek, Cameron Mitchell, Chris McBain and Gabs join up or rejoin or re-pledge to our Patreon community. Uh, The Discord on away games, Clarkie, I know we've talked about this a few times, but it's a sight to see, a sight to behold. It's definitely a great place to be on an away day. it's, It's a place... It's, it's our little corner of the internet where we can bring Vux together on, a, on an away day. Um, it's, it's a great community that's been growing here for the last couple of seasons. And um, I think we're, we're all pretty proud of it, proud of it really. And um, yeah, so um, it's one of the many benefits mm. of um, supporting us. Um, as Dave said, this doesn't happen without the support of the fans. Um, you've heard us rattle off by the fans, for the fans. Well, yeah, it doesn't happen without the support of you guys and we're, we're eternally grateful. Um, and there's some pretty cool benefits that go along with your patronage. So if you're thinking about it and if you want to throw us a couple of bucks, you can get on the Discord. Um, so just go to patreon.com slash for sake. Have a look at a tier. There's rewards. The stickers are off to print at the moment. So that's a that's a new reward that's going to go Ooh, out to, yes. to, 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 to all Patreons. Um, of a certain level, I believe you have to go on there. I believe it's the second level up. Um, and we've talked about, and we've teased about another event, um, coming up, uh, in the early new year. So we're putting the finishing touches on confirming the venue. So hopefully in the next week or so we can formally announce that. But, um, if you're in attendance last year, um, you know what a ripping day it was despite the result. Um, and we're aiming to go even bigger and better this season. Absolutely. And speaking of bigger and better, this run sheet, I tell you, it's mostly about the games that we have ahead of ourselves uh, to discuss tonight. But the Max Steel Balls of Steel will be discussed. It's a bit of a logjam on that leaderboard after five rounds, uh, or is it six rounds now? Yeah, after six rounds. And I'm very intrigued as to how it's progressing. We're going to preview the game coming up against the Wanderers. That's also on a Sunday. So it's the second away game uh, in a row. And hopefully we can just break out of this run of games where we're just 
sharing the spoils. We'll also talk about the Waku who had the week off, but uh, come up against the Nooks uh, also on Sunday. So there's plenty ahead on the show tonight. Strap yourselves in. You're listening to For Vuck's Sake. A few people have asked us, uh, where's this music coming from? Some of these victory-themed songs that have uh, been popping up on our podcast the last few games, the last few podcasts, and it's actually the Terrace Punk Band, a.k.a. The Terrace. Those of you who've been around for a little while might remember the, the, the band that formed really from... Melbourne Victory supporter culture, and it was actually just a really special time where um, you know they released a couple of albums, and you can actually still listen back to a lot of their content on YouTube. And we thank all of those guys for uh, letting us use some of their tunes as these stingers uh, in between some of our segments. Now, Buds couldn't make it uh, tonight, Clarky. I think he's in Sydney, and I think I think he. Um, Hit it pretty hard last night, um, as did I. I had my work Christmas party <laughs> and feeling a bit sorry about the excess consumption of booze. And I'm sitting here tonight, mate, with a chamomile tea. That's how bad I feel. <laughs> um, I don't know what <laughs> what Buds is doing, but he said he wouldn't make it uh, past 7pm. It's now 9pm here, 6th of December uh, here in Melbourne. So... Everyone, yeah, pour one out for the man of the people. He's he's in struggle town at the moment as Clarky tips his drink uh, in in the man of the people's direction. So the Mariners, the Mariners, you know, it's a two-two draw, you know, on the road uh, this time, you know, unaffected by any send-offs or anything like that. But I think this is. Clarky, the way I see this game is another lost opportunity, another lost opportunity for three points, and we only really have ourselves to blame. We had more of the ball. It's just that we just aren't clinical. We're not efficient. And actually, this time, we didn't really generate many chances. And the goals that the Mariners scored, the first was from a mistake. Mm -hmm. Our captain, who's having a shocking period, and then a penalty, which you, know, you can only feel sorry for Fabian Monge and the circumstances mm. that surrounded uh, the Mariners getting their equaliser from Torres in the 73rd minute. Clarky, um, we we touched on this in the introduction lead-up, you know, that this is sort of a, obviously a trend and you know, maybe more of the same that we've seen in previous Popovich seasons. Is that indeed the case? What can we take away from this one? What can we take away? I think it's, um, we can take away from it that again, I'll say it for a second consecutive week. Thank God for Bruno Fornaroli. Like we may yeah. as well just talk about the good stuff straight away. Um, what a spectacular goal. What a spectacular solo effort. Um, the man is on fire right now. I, 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 I shudder to think where we would be without our 36-year-old Uruguayan superstar. Um, <laughs> he is 
he is in some form and he is single-handedly dragging us along and a lot of my frustration about the 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 results is that i i wish we were doing better for him i think the man of the people said a couple of weeks ago we need to win this league for him a, a bloke that's given so much to this league and is now giving so much to our football club and they seem to interview him almost every week and he's like ah oh, yes my goal it's good but he you can just see the absolute pain in in within his soul that he just wants to win he just wants the team to do better mm. and it's just i'm frustrated for him um but let's go back to the start i hate being right about things when it's at the detriment to this football club but what <laughs> did i say last week that Roderick miranda is getting carried by damien de silva and what happens in under 20 minutes when Damien Dissel was not there, he gets muscled off the ball. Maybe it could have been a foul, but I kind of want my international visa experienced international mm. defender to be stronger than that regardless. Well, well said. Yep. yep. Um, and, and to be just harassed and harried and bullied off the ball. Um but also the the touch, just the the lack of urgency, and I think that's the most alarming thing um, that I've seen from from Roderick maybe last year, and it's it's still kind of there, but getting masked by Damien De Silva is the lack of urgency and care that he has in possession, or casual, with his, casual or with his role. Yeah, it was extremely casual, and and you know in this league at times people can be quite lethal and punish you. And especially someone like Alu Kual. And, and it happened and it was just like, oh God, here we go again, you know? And it's and given the way in which we're not scoring a ton of goals, one goal at, at that stage of the game is, it feels like a mountain straight away. It, it changes the entire complexion of the game. And yeah. It really just, does. We, we, aren't, we aren't prolific scorers under Popovich in general. Uh, I mean, I know that there have been exceptions to the rule, but yeah, we make a rod for our own back, a, a Roderick for our own back, if I dare say so. You're I mean, on fire with the puns the last I couple tell you, of weeks, mate, Dave. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's one of my, one of my strengths, mate. Uh, but look, it's, uh, it's, it's concerning because it's two weeks in a row uh, where I believe he was at fault for the opening goal, you know, Matt Miller the week before who just mm -hmm. waltzed through as though Roderick wasn't there. And on this occasion, you know, just yet another brain fade. And look, I mean, we dominated possession and look, I know we, we talked about Fornaroli and the fact that he is carrying the side in, in many respects. I do think Nishan Valupale is certainly, you know, providing the, the cameo appearance in that front third that he's he's earned his spot in the starting 11 and there is absolutely no way he's going to give that up. And I want to talk about mm. the starting 11 before we uh, – I want to return to the Fornaroli goal because it was just divine. Um, big changes in, in, yeah. in the starting lineup, some forced but some curious – as well, we saw Arzani dropped, and that was, I mean, we 
don't know the reasons. It, it could have been fatigue related or maybe Popper was looking for something different. And you know what? He didn't get much um, change out of Economides who came in for him. At the back, we saw some real, I guess, a real shakeup because Danny De Silva, we've talked about him. He had a minor niggle and had to miss this game precautionary move, which I'm all mm-hmm. for. Chapman came in, who is a serviceable player at this level, but of course, yep. you know, he partnered Roderick, uh, Rod- Roderick at the back. Franco Lino, who we called last week, you know, called for him to start. You know, he got it. Um, and Stephanie Grove. So, you know, it was a bit of a, I guess, a hodgepodge of, of first team and I guess what you might call backup players in that back four, not ideal, but Clarkie, and I know that this was something that stuck in your craw, the decision to play Brimmer as one of the deeper midfielders. So we saw that Mark San didn't play and this dilemma now that Popovich might have of Machach at the 10 versus Brimmer at the 10 I don't think I share exactly the same view as you on this. You're quite insistent that it has to be Brimmer in that role. But it's proving now potentially to be a quandary for Popovich Mm. moving forward. Uh, Is Brimmer actually effective in that deeper role? Uh, I think the jury's out on that, but there was nowhere near the same amount of fluidity in the midfield that we we saw in, say, the first two games. What's yeah, your take on 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 the, the the starting lineup and all of that? Yeah, well, the starting lineup, lots of changes. Some, as you said, required. Some, maybe Popovich searching for something different. I, I guess starting Brimmer in that more sort of central midfield of a six come eight is is his first attempt at trying to get Brimmer and Machach in the same starting lineup, which I think there's been talk about for a couple of weeks. Um, What I don't like and what I didn't like last year, and I'm, as you said, I'm pretty strong on is Jake Brimmer is a pure 10. He's not a wide player. He's not a six. He's not an eight. He's a pure 10. He does his best work there. Um, As a six come eight, you need some sort of defensive um, mindset or responsibility and sort of awareness of, what's behind you um jake doesn't have that and i think it's not so much that he's he's bad at at that but he probably doesn't bring the 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 skills of what's required in that position and it's to the detriment of his midfield partner now we've seen um ryan teague he's been he's been a revelation he's he's fast becoming a, a fan favorite of the vucks for his his sort of everywhere sort of game style and his his progressive passing, his ability to close down. When Victory have been at their pressing best, he's been at the forefront of it. And then when the ball is turned out, he, possession is, is mm. got again, he's progressing it forward. With Brimmer next to him, it kind of sacrificed. It. Teague couldn't do the things that he was good at. He had to sort of play a secondary role where he sort of, one had to mop up or cover for Brimmer, um, and you didn't get that same level of positive production from him. Mm. I um, wonder if Popper is like 
you know, with no disrespect to Central Coast, but you could say a weaker midfield will coming up against Ballard, Nisbet, and Wilson. Not mm-hmm. exactly household names in in even in A League household names. Obviously, you know, good tryers, but you think with Brimmer, a Johnny Warren medalist, uh, Machach, who's shown he's got a bit of creative elements to his game, but also mm. just you know has the ability to um, pop off shots as well from from distance. It seems he, he, he seemed to have no space, and we know what Ryan Teague delivers. It could be that Popper was obviously using this game as a way to try and maybe shoehorn this. Mm best combination because if he's going to persist with three in the midfield, those three names it kind of feels weird not having those three names in it. And then you've got a, you've got March on as well. So yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Look, as long as Tony Popovich doesn't keep trying to brute force this, I think it was pretty clear in, in one game. Um, and that was against central coast and maybe a midfield that, yeah, as you said, is maybe not the best that we're going to come up against. Um, I I feel like if he was to try that this week, and we'll, we'll talk about it in the preview, um, if we might get slaughtered by a Western Sydney Wanderers midfield, um, and, and you know, trying fa- this. What's with the fatigue, Clarky? Like this, this is this is a bizarre one. I don't think it was, you know, overly hot. You know, we didn't have drinks breaks, and you mm. know, it was a pretty mild sort of a day, and. Yeah, the Mariners are having games in the um, AFC Cup. It was their third game in nine days, and we just looked exhausted by comparison. Is there? Yeah, you know, and this is very odd uh, given the Popovich regime, which is notoriously demanding from a physical perspective. Mm. I'm very concerned at the 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 way in which some players can't seem to run out games. Now, there's probably some underlying reasons that we're not privy to. You know, it could be down to certain players not being fully match fit or being sort of eased back into things. Brimmer is is, is an obvious one in that sense. But Azani um, hasn't played a full 90 to my recollection. But, yeah, it just mm. seems strange. Like, did you have a theory? No, I'm not sure. We were hanging on for dear life um, at the end there, really. Um, and, and I think on, on the broad sort of balance of things, yeah, you can say probably more points dropped from a winning position. But, geez, we were hanging on at the end there. Um, and I, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know what the answer is. Yeah, we know that, um, that uh, obviously, Azana, he, he, I don't think he's capable of doing 90. Um but yeah, it was just, it was interesting. Some of the subs were interesting, you know, mm. fully changing up the midfield. Um, I thought initially that that was maybe just, you know, would help get a, a foothold on the game. But um, no, Central Coast just ran riot. I, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I think it's so, a combination of of personnel. I think it's maybe a, a, a combination of maybe motivations. Um, you know, it's sort of... You talk about some of the subs and stuff. Some, some really something that's really worried me, and it's not just Chris Economides because he's, 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 he's finished. He's done. Like that was another poor performance. He he cannot start again. But Ben Falami looks way off it as well. Um, 
I'm not yeah. sure what's happened, but it's very concerning. It just hasn't the... had an, enough minutes, mate, is, is where I'd mm. sort of go with it. I think he, he featured a lot more last season and, and season prior. I think, you know, the arrival of Arzani, um, you know, has mean that he's dropped down a, a peg in, in that pecking order. Um, and it's to the detriment of his game. He's coming on and having to do something late on. But we'll come back to Chris Economides, but I want to rewind. I think we need to go back to the game stage. You know, halftime is approaching. And I'm 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 pretty upset at this point, you know, at Roderick and the fact that we're a goal down, halftime's about to happen. Bruno Fornaroli picks up the ball out wide on the left and does it all himself. Now, <laughs> there's all there's there's all manner of things we need to pick up here from a technique perspective, the way he held the ball up, the touches in the lead up, dancing around the defense, but then the finish itself was absolutely just perfection because this wasn't just something that he hit with venom. This mm. was perfectly placed. He knew exactly what he was doing. He could you know, see the positioning. So it's a testament to the man because he was under that much pressure with defenders all around him. He found a way through and then had the composure to, to put it into the top bins. And that you know, obviously changed everything in terms of how I felt about this game and, and what our prospects were. It, it was absolutely sublime. It was, it was unsavable. I mean, yeah, let's let's go back. You know, he he rolls two blokes with the with the one move, and then he starts shifting the ball across the box, mm. and it's kind of the ball's coming across his body, and he he sort of hits it as it's coming across his body, and it's this it's this weird sort of shape where he's not fully facing the goal, but he's he's able to sort of bend it around. Like Vukovic had no chance. The the arc of it was was perfect. Mm. Um, a millimeter more, and it hits. It hits probably the underside of the the the, the yeah. crossbar or the apex. So, like, I have not seen an arc where it comes down and just hits the pure corner better from from distance with just the right amount of pace um, and curve. It, it, simply yeah. sublime. It was it was just a combination of experience, um, but just straight up baller. He's yeah. he's such a freaking baller, and like that's that's instinct. That's stuff you can't teach. It's just, um, it, it's the best parts of Bruno Fornaroli, the the hold up play, um, and then and then finishing, um, could potentially be one of his best goals ever. Um, and this could be recency bias, but have you seen a better individual effort in the A League? Um. For, for a long time, like there's plenty of banging goals, you know, howitzers, free kicks, you know, you've got your Carlos Hernandez thunderbolts, you've got that Dimi Petratos free kick against the Vuck, incidentally. You've got Nick Carl's run from, you know, deep, you know, past the halfway line early days of the A-League where he's yeah. taken on all comers and scored. There's been some classic goals of all of all descriptions, but yeah, this this is right up there. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, as I said off off the top, we're we're lucky to have him. Um, surely there's no Vux that aren't on board yet. <laughs> yeah, surely. I mean it's 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 
I, I don't really want to talk about the, the scuttlebutt around his potential Asian Cup selection for the Socceroos. Um, I don't think that we'll, we might talk about that a bit later. But mm. one one man that um, is playing up there with him that is taking his game to another level this season is Nishan Valupale. Now, there were a couple of games early on where he was just presented with chance after chance uh, and and just couldn't put them away. But we're starting to see potentially uh, his fortunes change. And, you know, we went into the Sheds 1-1 thinking, great, we, you know, we've kind of restored the balance here. Now we can go on and, and, and get something here. Uh, and in the 52nd minute, Nishan pr- delivered. And, uh, you know, at that point I thought, right, foot on the throat here. We're, we're mm. you know, it's it's astonishing now, Clarkie, to think that at that time, the 52nd minute, that was our second shot on target for the game, which isn't, it's not great at 50 minutes in, but we didn't get another one for the rest of the game. The two shots on target we had were the two goals. This is, yeah, this is, I guess when you talked about uh, things that have carried over from previous seasons, that 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 particular statistic is certainly one of those. But the reason why I'm holding on to hope is because the goals we conceded were, as I said, one was a brain fade, the other was a very unfortunate penalty situation. Mm. I think on any other day we 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 probably would have had another chance or two. And we may have only conceded one. Um, I, th- I do think we were the better side overall, despite that. But I do you do think like it's the positivity? I do like <laughs> I'm <the> trying. <laughs> now, uh, isn't it great seeing Nish score? Like you know, we we talk about you know one of our own, and we talk about you know where are the kids coming through from from youth setups or from the terrace to the pitch, and and Nish is that one right now. And um, there was a lot of talk pre-season that Nish needed to make strides toward that next step. You know, everybody wants Nish to succeed, but football's a cutthroat game and and you need to start putting it together. And um, he's been our most consistent wide player. We've we've talked about the need for more goals from, from those wide areas. And look, whilst it, it may only be a couple, Nish is... Nish is definitely trying, um, and he's now, definitely um, involved. Absolutely. And now, a player that we we should touch on briefly as well, purely and 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 you know, purely from the point of view of like, let's just hope this isn't something emerging. And that's a Zinedine Machach uh, Zizou. <laughs> it's now it's now very much a uh, permanent GIF. GIF, what is it? How's it, how's it pronounced? Up, yeah. We say GIF on this podcast, Dave. Okay, thank you, sir. Um, <laughs> yeah. So look, his his sadness, uh, you know, and oh. you could play the uh, "Hello Darkness, my old friend," but I actually, when it happened, like you know, the camera zoomed in on him because he it bustled his way through and was just waiting for a return ball, I think, if memory serves, and you know, just got there was just too much traffic, too many legs in there, and it was Bruno you know, got in his way. Bruno that's right. Yeah, that's Bruno right. Bruno took it off his foot. And it's hard. You don't want like a, 
oh fuck Bruno because he's just scored a worldie. But it's like, oh, it's just, yeah, it was so it's, unfortunate. And, it's a microcosm and, of the of the Vuck. Like we're not getting that many chances in that game. We can't afford to fuck it up like that. And it's it's from someone that you don't expect it to. Um, yeah, and look, I might put it down to their chemistry is still developing. Those two, and and you know, Machach was, you know, thrust into that number ten role, and I, I feel like they're still finding each other there, maybe. But it, it was his reaction was really tragedy sad, shit, wasn't it? It was. It was like he's you know just had to extract a pound of flesh. She was, and I don't. I don't know if that's just him, as in because we don't. Yeah, you know, we don't know him really from from a bar of soap, mm. as in all we've seen, and he's you know kept a pretty kind of low profile so far. Maybe that's just the way he is. Maybe he's a bit of a sort of a roller coaster of emotions type player. Um, you know, when when that scenario happened he didn't get all demonstrative and he didn't get all like ah, he was fuck, just get flat. out of the way he was, he was just, just like oh i'm heartbroken well, that you did well, that, well look Bruno. we're gonna have to keep an eye on it because yes. as you know confidence football is a confidence game and especially in those kind of creative areas and attacking areas confidence can can do a lot so we're gonna have to keep an eye on zizu and make sure that it's not a pattern of frustration emerging because if he if he falls into a rut of frustration where we're in trouble well we're not in trouble because then he can maybe you know sit on the bench and we can we can rotate jakey in but it's not ideal to have a visa 10 benched and and probably without getting too much into it now this is probably starting to see the recruitment it's like we have two out and out tens. I'm I'm yet to see Machach play effectively anywhere else, but a kind of a ten-ish role. And we know Jake is probably that too. It's whilst you talk about it's nice to have depth, it seems to be a bit of cap um, used up for two players that are very sort of one track in in where they need to play. And it's we're going to have to watch this space a little bit. So. I'm not this, willing to call him a sad sack yet, but there's a, <laughs> there's a sign there for Machach. Like, we need to feed the big dick stud. We need to feed him. Like, he needs a goal. He needs another one because the momentum from from that that goal against Sydney is is gone now. Like, he needs yeah. to be fed. He does seem like that sort of player, um, you know, where it's uh, very much confidence-driven. All right, well... Max Steel balls of steel. Look, we're not losing, you know. So it's 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 kind of refreshing, but now it's kind of like getting a bit weird. Uh, look, this does happen in football. You have successive draws, you have successive wins, losses. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping that you know this little blip in our season of only taking one point particularly in games where we should have come away with three. I think most of those games we should have taken all three points. I hope it doesn't come back to bite us, but look, we're improving. So Max Steel Balls of Steel, Clarkie, run us through the 3-2-1. Three, three votes, Yishan Valupale. Mm. Two votes, Bruno Fornaroli. And one vote to Paul Izzo. He had a great game, Izzo. It, it yeah. needs to be said. Yeah, that yeah. leaderboard. So after six rounds, it's uh, it's all square at the top with Ryan Teague and Bruno Fornaroli both on seven votes. 
Those two guys are closely followed by Zinedine Machach on six. Paul Izzo storming up the charts on five. De Silva and Nish have three apiece. Arzani, Igeria, two. Traore, Negro and Monge have all collected a vote. We'll take a break. Hi, this is Emma Checker and you're listening to For Vuck's Sake. Okay, let's preview what is ahead, both for the Buck and the Wuck. We're going to start with the Wuck because both games for our two sides are on Sunday, the 10th of December, but it's actually the Wuck that kick off first at somewhere called the, the Jerry Collins Stadium. Clarky, can you enlighten me as to where the fuck the Jerry Collins Stadium <laughs> is? I've never heard of this place. I think it's about 20 clicks north of Wellington CBD there. Wait, it's so, a real, it's actually called that. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. So um, I think it's about a, it's about a 2000 capacity sort of stadium okay. there. So little ground there. And so who, um, who was Jerry Collins? Do I, do I need to Google, Google look, who that I is? Some, you, some rugby you, person maybe? Yeah, or, look, you've, yeah. you've caught me there. I haven't done no. that much research. <laughs> so um, yeah, let, we'll, we'll get on with it. We'll talk about the game now. It's the, the Nucks are doing well in, in both the women's and the men's. Uh, this game is between third and fourth, isn't it, Clarkley? But we, we have a chance here. Uh, the Wack, J- Jeff Hopkins side, a real chance of getting up to second. Isn't that right? Yeah, well, depending on the, the result between City and Perth, which is um, first place, second, um, if, if Perth... Uh, don't get the chocolates in that, and, and we get the win, we can more than likely leapfrog into second spot on goal difference. So it's all to play for, for, for Jeff Hopkins and, and, and Hopkins mm. side and, and, and the women there. And uh, we just want to see a, a little bit of momentum building um, f- from the WAC. Um, it's going to be tough. Road trips are always tough and going over the ditches, it, it it's a long trip, um, and the Knicks have been extremely competitive this year. They've looked really good. So you know, Jeff Hopkins' side is going to have to be at their at their very best. And you know, sort of a week off uh, because of sort of international international break, sort of thing. So hopefully, hopefully the the women can pick up where they left mm-hmm. off. So Jerry Collins, I was right with my guess. New Zealand being a yeah, predominantly rugby sort of country. He was a professional rugby union player. A couple of years younger than me, but passed away uh, in 2015, did Jerry Collins, sad, sadly. Um, so no doubt the place uh, named after him. Uh, three hours after that, at 5pm at Combank Stadium out there in Parramatta, it's the Vark against the Wanderers. Now, I think a lot of people have the Wanderers as their favourites for the title this season in what is very much proving to be a pretty flat, even sort of league. And they've been hit hard by injuries these past two weeks, the Wanderers, losing Socceroo Brandon Borello. He uh, went off in that Sydney derby uh, round before last and... Marcello, their captain, a pretty vital defender for them, uh, looked to be in a bad way during their game uh, in the round just gone. Two very important players for them. And I think, and I want to hope that Popovich did 
sort of shuffle things around and not risk the likes of De Silva, for example, mm. with an eye on this game because the Wanderers are also undefeated. They're in second position. And look, think we're, we're pretty evenly matched because we've scored the same amount of goals as them. We both have 12, but we've conceded for less. Or is that the other way around, Clarkie? We've scored the same. I'm just trying to recollect there. But, yeah, we, we, I think we've conceded for less yep. than them. Now, Borello is definitely out, uh, but they do have some weapons still up top. Clarky, do you want to tell our listeners who they need to look out for? Because I think this is – this is. I mean, we we probably said this before, but if we, if we want to show the league that we're fair income this season – we have to win this game with their two key players out. There's nothing hugely special about this side, and I think we mm. can go and do it. But uh, what do you think, mate? Yeah, well, as you said, their uh, their uh, visa forward, Marcus and and Tonson, has been pretty good. He's he's knocked in a couple, and um, and uh, Nicholas uh, Milanovic has also had a couple of goals. A 22 year old. Um, Western Sydney native, who's um who's handy come player. back, who's come back to them. Yeah, he's he's been handy. He's had a couple this season. So, look, they're dangerous. But uh, look, I I think the most important part, and I think where this game is going to be won, because the team sort of set up and and play similarly is in that central midfield. Um, so yeah. obviously they they've got um they've got Hendricks in there. Um, and they've got uh, ex ex Vuck boy Josh Belante, who's who's been playing okay. I, I don't buy into all the 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 A League tracker and performance points index um, a, around him being one of the best players in the league. Um, I think it's it's more a case of what's around him and the role that he's being asked to play is probably a little bit better suited to him. Um, I still don't think he's that good. Maybe I'm just a bit of vuck, but um, that central midfield is is hard to break down. It, it, it absolutely is, and and we're gonna have to be on our A game, and we can't afford to fuck around with selection scuttlebutt. Like we need to put our best players out there on the park, um, especially in the central midfield. There, Teague needs to start, and he needs to have a partner. Whether that's Fabian Monge or Rai Marchand. Um, as we said, Teague is is the key in that central midfield area, I, I think, to to opening up and freeing up and, and helping the, the creative moves from central midfield. So we need someone to support him there that can allow him to be the best Ryan Teague that he can. But, um, you know, the, the Wanderers are pretty resolute there and it's going to be one of those challenges and, and we had it last year where can we break down a, a more staunch, more disciplined mm. block, defensive block or, you know, low block. Um, I don't think Western Sydney are going to be full defensive mode, but they're, they're pragmatic in defence. They know when to absorb, they know when to defend and they're well drilled. It's Mark Rudin knows how to drill aside he's a fucking psychopath um i feel like this game should be the saturday night game obviously that's you know by the by now it's sunday 5 p.m it's 
you know, kind of a graveyard really in, in terms of sporting fixtures. I think this is potentially a look at two of the better sides in the league. And I know that we you know, have only won two games so far, but yeah, I think there's certainly uh, tests that we've had, you know, the Knicks, you know, we, we, we came away with a point uh, and they're top of the table. Like we just need to get our rhythm going. We need to ensure that these defensive lapses and brain fades stop. So I think we're going to see Danny De Silva back if if everything we hear about it being precautionary is true. Adama Traore should slot back in uh, against his former side. <laughs> Feels weird <laughs> saying that uh, at left back. And Guerrier was the other one. We didn't really talk about him, but by all accounts, that was uh, a bit precautionary too. So that back four, mm. you know, uh, I mean, there's something potentially clarky to be said about dropping the captain at this point. Maybe Chapman can partner Danny De Silva, but I don't think Popper's going to do that. I think he's going to go in with that, a big that best, uh, that best a big back call. four. And I think, look, let's just hope that Roderick uh, puts all that rubbish behind him and will support him uh, and hope that, um, you know, these two incidents that have cost goals in, in two games uh, are behind him. That's what we hope. Now, the midfield, this is just a minefield and it's a real head-scratcher because... I think it's fair to say Teague walks in, but what do you do with the Machach and Brimmer thing? I, I think that Popovich will continue to play Brimmer alongside Teague, and I think this is just the way he's going to approach it. He, he, I think it's just going to be the way he does it, and I can oh, see you grimacing it, there, it, mate. It makes, Does, me, it makes you uncomfortable. It makes me extremely uncomfortable because of everything I said there. We need a partner there that that – empowers and emboldens Ryan Teague to do the things he's good at. Um, otherwise, we're going to get pressed and harried in that midfield and, and overrun. Um, because, make no mistake, Josh Berlante is going to be like a dog with a bone. He's yeah, going to have he'll, a he'll, he'll fucking point to prove. He's going to be snapping in. He's not going to be giving anybody any space. Yeah, um, it's absolutely the case. And uh, the, the Wanderers... Um, will will bring numbers. They they love getting one over us, whether it's a Sunday afternoon or you know it's you know ideally, as I said, it would have been a Saturday. But they'll but they'll Sydney come FC's out got the one. Saturday night slot again. So that's yeah, well, why. we didn't talk about that last week, but that's that's just uh, starting to become a bit tiresome, isn't it, that the, the Sky Blues seem to just get these primetime slots despite the fact that they haven't really shown much to deserve it. But that's another story for another day. But, yeah, look, this game, extremely tough to call uh, to the point where I almost feel like I have to predict a nil-nil, mate. I'll take the Oof. easy option and have our fifth, fifth draw in a row. Uh, as much as it pains me to say it, I just... I think this is going to be a real, real slog. It's going to, both teams are going to nullify each other, you know. And I, I just, that's I think the, both Rudin and Popovich, central defenders, staunch, good mates. Mm. Like then, you know, the, the, their mentalities in all of this will be uh, defense comes first. Uh, and look, I think 
that's my prediction. What's yours? Uh, Neil, Neil, that's uh, that's <laughs> that's some grim stuff, Dave. Look, I'm actually going to be the positive one, not too positive. I'm going to be a little bit more positive. Bruno Bruins buries them again. 1-0 Bruno. You thought last week's goal was special. He's going to pull something out right in front of the RBB and it's going to be special. Okay. Well, I look forward to seeing that. I I love being wrong and I hope (laughs) I'm wrong. Uh, As you said earlier, you know, when it comes to uh, these sorts of predictions and the caper that we're in, uh, you know, you've put your self on the line every week uh, in, in, in making a prediction or sort of trying to forecast how things will go. And, yeah, I hope I'm wrong and that we take away three points because it will feel good to get one over Brillante, to get one over Mark Rudin and to shut that RBB up once and for all. Mon the Vuck. Mon the Vuck. Fuck Josh Brillante.